0: Welcome to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. Holly is a wife, mom, coach, and entrepreneur. She wears these and many more hats while running three successful businesses a gym, online nutrition program, and commercial cleaning company. She brings a unique perspective to everyday life with her spicy, no nonsense attitude. Holly helps her clients keep it simple with small tweaks that over time add up to big life changes. With that, let's get on with today's episode. Here's my friend, Holly Cochran, an incredible human you need to be listening to every Monday. Well, hello there, family, friends, and strangers. This is the Monday Matters podcast with Holly Cochran. And today it is going to be such a nice, warm day. I am so excited to be outside that I decided to get up early and get my podcast recorded so that I did not have to be inside very much today. So I hope you are all listening to this while you are either driving somewhere fun or out for a walk yourself because that's the best place for me to be in your air, in your ears. Um, last Monday I did a podcast about the best summer beverages and talked a little bit about alcohol and I have all these podcasts planned. I have them like planned weeks in ahead of time so that my social media lady can do a really good job of getting content that matches what the podcast is going to be. And like she gets so frustrated with me because I always just tell her what I'm doing for the podcast at the last minute and completely change direction. And hopefully she's figured out that's what I'm going to be doing and no longer tries to plan anything ahead of time. But I really am bringing content that is super relevant right now to the people that I'm working with, because I think if I'm hearing about um, the, the anxiety and the worry about going to potlucks and parties and camping and summer events and how I'm going to manage the the alcohol at it. If I'm hearing about it four or five times in a day from clients, I should probably do a podcast on it. So that's what I do. And the feedback from last week was quite amazing. So if you haven't listened to it yet and want to, uh, please do. And thank you so much to the folks that have reached out uh, this week and let me know their thoughts and their goals for the summer based on that last week's episode. This week, I thought I was going to continue on with a very similar theme because this is also something I've talked about all week long with people. And it's either what to eat at a potluck or what to take to the potluck. You know, when you're going to somebody's barbecue or you're going out for the evening to sit in somebody's backyard and you often take something. So last week I talked about how to pack the little cooler bag full of alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks so that, you know, you're taking your beverage and you're enjoying your time and you're being social. Today, I want to talk about my favorite things to take to a potluck. And as you, if you know me at all, you know that I am gluten-free and I have been for, I think we, we can't really remember, but I think about 13 years that I haven't had wheat. So it's much easier now to at a party to go and find things that are gluten-free, but 13 years ago even, like I only went to a couple of things empty-handed and then that was it. I was done going empty-handed to stuff because hamburgers can have wheat in them and hot dogs and smokies and a salad sounds like a good idea till you dump the croutons and the crunchy onions and all that kind of stuff into a salad. Then that salad's out and sometimes it would be Um, the, the whole entire thing from what was being served as an appetizer, which would be a dip, but no gluten-free crackers down to the dessert, which was a pie or a cake. There wasn't anything on the table that I could politely eat. And so then I'd end up feeling bad for not bringing something and the other people would feel bad that they didn't make something. So I always take something. So at least there's something there that I can put on my plate and be social with. So in designing these um, foods to take to a potluck, I created a Pinterest board just called that foods to take to the potluck. So I'm going to share that link to my Pinterest board at the bottom of this podcast, and I'm not going to talk about all of them. Um, because I just kept putting all these recipes into my Pinterest board and I'm also going to continue to add so when I scroll on Pinterest which I do and I justify as it as using my air quotes work when I'm working and I'm in my Pinterest I'll just keep throwing stuff in there so if you want to follow me on that what foods to take to the potluck Pinterest board. I'll continually update it as well. So you can try different recipes that I'm using. Some of these recipes that I've put into the Pinterest board are not necessarily exactly word for word the ones that I'm making, but you'll definitely get the idea of uh, an option to be taking to the potluck. Traditionally, people make a lot of dips that have mayonnaise which is high in fat and high in calories, sour cream, same thing. Those dips can get away on you real quick. They take higher fattier, like, um, maybe like a deep fried chicken wing and stuff. Sometimes you see those in, in the casserole containers, lots of cheeses, um, lots of like chips and higher fatty foods. And so when you put just a little bit of everything on your plate and it's just a small little plate, it's still over a thousand calories of just little snacky foods. So I know that going to these parties can sometimes be, feel like they're a little bit sabotaging after a week of weighing and measuring and counting and entering things into my fitness pal if you're doing that, or at least being mindful of finding you know, lots of fruits and vegetables and nutrient-dense foods and then you get there and there isn't anything green in sight and just bowls of chips all over the place. So it's it's important for you to know that you get to have control of what goes into your body, which might mean you have to contribute to the party. And I'm not talking about the really fancy sit-down things that it's rude for you to bring your Tupperware full of deviled eggs to that looks totally out of place and would be you know, insulting to the host, we're not talking about that kind of party. So don't send me a message that says, what about the party when the host has it catered? And yeah, those ones, you just have to go with the flow. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking the well, one, the ones where everybody's bringing something, setting it up on the table, and then it's a free-for-all and a sharing event. So I thought I'd start off with just a few, like, snack appetizer kinds of things that I've been now... um requested to make because I make them so often it's sort of my signature item so my fresh salsa which I've stolen from Chris Hahn so it's actually the Chris Hahn's fresh salsa that I take to so many things and people ask me to bring can you bring your salsa can you bring your salsa which I just let them believe it's mine but it's not I took a cooking class from Chris Hahn a long time ago and I still make his fresh salsa regularly both my kids will eat it um So it's in our house, not just when we're leaving the house, but it's in our house a lot in the summertime. But I wanted to tell people a couple of tricks about making the salsa that um, really changes your success rate when you're making the fresh salsa. So a a recipe for fresh salsa is in my Pinterest board. It's also been a Foodie Friday once, if not twice, and may show up again this summer. But the, the ticket to it... For the thriving mom, the busy human is to get yourself in uh, using a food processor. Now, if Chris Hahn's listening to this podcast, which I really doubt he is, but don't tell him that I'm using a food processor because when he taught us to make it, we had these really fancy chef knives that were super sharp and he chopped everything just so uniformly and perfect, and our salsa was a work of art. So to think about Me bastardizing it with uh, my food processor and blending it, (laughs) blending it all up into chunks seems wrong, but I do not have time to make Chris Hans fresh salsa chopped up like that before I get to the party because, well, especially when I had two little kids, I was trying to get ready for the party. It's, it's not happening. So if I'm taking something, I had to figure out how to make it faster. So this is what I do. Roma tomatoes are important. So when you see um, tomatoes, I have put it in the recipe that they should be Roma. They're less liquidy. There's more meat to a Roma tomato and you need that in order for it to be salsa and not a bowl of soup that you're trying to get your Tostito to hold on to. So Roma tomatoes are important. Cut the end off the Roma tomato like the the stem and then quarter it and I put it into my food processor just a couple of buzz buzz don't like put it on blend and walk away you just pulsing that tomato so that it chops it up and i can fit six tomatoes into my kitchen aid or not my ninja food one i also have a little handheld one that i can fit three tomatoes in so depending on what kind of an appliance you have put your tomatoes in there and then pulse it a couple of times so that it chops up and then here's the trick that you really want to listen to put your strainer your colander into the sink and dump the tomatoes from the food processor into the colander and give that a shake and let it sit there for a bit let the juice that's there now that you have sort of extracted because you've used the machine let that sit in the colander for a little while stir it up every once in a while and give it another shake and get The majority of the juice out of the tomatoes before you then add the rest of it. So I do all the tomatoes up and then I also processor the red onion and the peppers and I put it all into the food processor individually and then into the colander and I let it sit in the sink draining. That is a great trick for making this salsa. Once it's drained and some of the liquids off, that's when I will chop up the, with my herb scissors, I'll chop up cilantro, some chives, some green onion, whatever. And then I put the spices on, or yeah, I think they're called spices, like the cumin and the garlic, any of the flavors that you're going to put into your salsa. And then you can make that ahead of time and season it up, but don't put the lime on. Because the lime starts to cook those tomatoes and so they get juicy again and too liquid for it to be attractive at the party. So I will make it all up and I'll either let it sit in the strainer until it's time to go to the party or if it needs to go into the fridge, I'll put it all into a bowl in the fridge. And then just before I'm leaving for the party, that's when I squeeze the lime juice on to the salsa. And... I, I've made this salsa literally hundreds of times, so it's been experimenting, but this is the trick that I have found presents the, the most fresh tasting and looking salsa at the party. Is If you've just put the lime juice on just before you walk out the door, it then will add that flavor to it, but it's not going to become a sort of mushy tomato mess. That happens the next day. Like if you, that salsa is fantastic the next day, but you got to kind of drain it off. So you don't want to do that at the party. Just put the lime on just before you walk out the door. I promise you, I'm not going to talk about every recipe to this detail because not all of these recipes are my signature, but my fresh salsa goes with me to almost every party that we go to. So I just wanted to share, and people ask me for the recipe all the time, which I give them but I don't give them all this big, long 12 minute, uh, instructions. So if you've ever asked for my salsa recipe and I gave it to you and it didn't turn out quite the right way, know that I might've skipped the whole drain the vegetable part. The other thing that I like to take lots of times to a party, and I only take it to the parties Ainsley's not going to, cause it's her signature, um, item, but I really always appreciate it when it's there are deviled eggs. So if you've ever heard me speak for longer than five minutes, I've probably talked about protein with you and how you need to make sure you are having enough protein in your day and that protein makes you feel full. So I like to take deviled eggs to a party and eat and I make them with the Greek yogurt so that they don't have the full mayonnaise in the inside. And like, they're a good deviled egg. You can make you make that egg yolk into something mushy and put it back inside fancy with a little paprika on top. They look fantastic. The other key ingredient I always put into my deviled egg um, filling is dill pickle juice. I love dill pickle juice in my deviled eggs. And it just makes them so smooth and creamy inside there. But I like to have deviled eggs because then, even if it is um, just in my head, like maybe it's not a true story, but I believe it in my head. If I eat a deviled egg, I am not going to overeat all the other appetizers while we're waiting for the barbecue to get lit up and to get to the to the main course kind of deal. I know I'm having a decent protein and I know I'm filling up and I'm going to take a couple of scoops of um, fresh salsa and some vegetables and a little bit of fruit and dip and that's going to be my plate. I'm going to walk away from the table And not come back. I like the deviled egg for that reason. I don't wanna go, you know, with a full meal in me to these things because I know I'm gonna eat at them. I also don't wanna go starving to these things and overeat. But if I take the deviled eggs, then I know I'm going to be able to have a bit of protein right off the get go and eat that and get satisfied feeling so that I'm not sort of munching away hungry and then starting the meal part. So deviled eggs are a party favorite. I have one trick that I, that's the reason I'm putting them second on my list is because I have a trick for my deviled eggs that um, might help you feel like you can take these to a party. So let's imagine it's 32 degrees, which it's supposed to today. And you are thinking about taking deviled eggs to a potluck. What I do is I will make an ice plate, okay? so it's i have it's not a plate it's um like a mm, platter platter that's what it is it's a rectangular platter and i can fill it with a little bit of water so i put this rectangular platter with a little bit of water into my deep freeze the hardest part about this job is finding a flat surface in my jam-packed deep freeze but that's what I do is I find a flat surface in my deep freeze to set this platter. And you want to have it pretty flat. Otherwise, the water's all going to be freezing into one corner. And I freeze this platter. And then when I go to take deviled eggs to the party, you can put a piece of parchment paper or something over top of the platter or just another. I have mine are nesting like I have two of them. I put my eggs onto the next one. And then you just set it on top of the ice. So when you're taking it to the party, they're going to stay on ice and cooler for longer. So they're not going to get to be that overhot, gross, this is like starting to go bad within an hour, yucky mess on the platter. You can have them sitting on ice. Just be mindful that that ice is melting. And if you don't have your eggs sitting on something kind of sturdy. They're going to fall into the water. You don't want that to happen. So you got to be watching them. And then when you go to clean up from the party, you're going to have this tray full of water. You got to go and manage and deal with, cause it's no longer a solid block of ice. But I do the same thing with a dip. Like if I'm going to take a dip, that's Greek yogurt and dill and whatever to the party, I'll make myself a nesting bowl. So I take a bigger bowl, fill it, not fill it, put a little bit of water. Um, in it then i put the smaller bowl that's going to hold my dip inside the bowl of water put the two bowls into my deep freeze and freeze them then i make the dip then i put the dip into the empty bowl that's sitting inside now a bowl of ice and i take the two bowls to the party and as the ice is melting it's keeping my dip cold They make these bowls, these nesting bowls. You can buy them already set up exactly for this purpose. I saw it somewhere on the internet one time and did not buy the bowls, but I've been making myself these ice bowls or ice trays before I go to things. um, And they work really slick. So anyway, deviled eggs at a party are great unless they are so hot that people feel like food poisoning is a potential, then they're not so awesome at the party. So if you want to make the ice tray, make the ice tray. Okay, so those are my two top favorite things that I'm going to talk about. I also want to talk about a couple of the salads that I like to take. So, um, of course, I like the broccoli salad, but change that recipe up. It doesn't have to be the full fat mayonnaise to be on that creamy broccoli salad. The Greek yogurt substitute works really well. And the other salad that we have gotten onto is the faux potato salad that is not potatoes, but it is tiny bite-sized pieces of cauliflower. So I cut my cauliflower up, chop it up really small, and then put the hard-boiled eggs in. Just the same kind of recipe that I would make potato salad with, but instead of the higher-carb potatoes, I make the cauliflower potato salad. And trust me when I say that the deviled eggs or I'm sorry, the hard boiled eggs, the salad dressing and the green onion and the things that go into potato salad are really where the flavor comes from. The potato and the cauliflower are just the bulk. They're not really the source of flavor. So if you can trade the the potato for the cauliflower, you're going to get a more nutrient dense, lower calorie salad. It changes the texture. So a cooked potato is kind of soft and a uncooked cauliflower is crunchy. So it's not quite the same texture, but I actually prefer it. So if you've never tried the faux potato salad with cauliflower, you can go ahead and do that. My mother makes memes regularly about how I substitute um, a lot of really yummy things for cauliflower. So this will just be another opportunity for her to poke fun at me, but uh, my cauliflower salad's good. Whether she thinks so or not, you put that behind a beside a, a hamburger. It is a very nice barbecue item. The what's the other salad I was going to tell you about? Oh, the the spinach salad with the strawberries and the balsamic vinegar dressing and the slivered almonds. That's one of my favorite at a at a barbecue. Don't put the salad dressing on until you get there. Take it in a sealer jar, but it is so easy. There's very little chopping that needs to be done. You don't have to marinate anything. You could make it look super pretty in a bowl by putting the strawberries and the slivered almonds just nicely around it. I love to take that salad. The other one, so that one's easy to make and quick at the last minute. Bag Bag of spinach and some strawberries and out the door we go. The other one that I like to take if I have a little bit of time is the quinoa Greek salad. So, that's with the cooked quinoa and then all the vegetables you'd put in a Greek salad the peppers and tomatoes and cucumbers and black olives and some feta cheese and the quinoa and some Greek salad dressing, either a homemade dressing or a store bought dressing. But the quinoa is a source of protein. So, if you're going to a barbecue and the protein source is a hot dog and you've decided you're not going to have a hot dog today because you're limiting the amount of processed meats you're having or it's, you know, day four of having a hot dog, let's not do that. You can easily just have some Greek salad and know that you're getting and maybe there'll be a deviled egg at this party too. Or the Greek salad and the cauliflower or the, yeah, the cauliflower salad with the deviled eggs in it. You're getting some protein at these parties without having to have the full-on hot dog to call it the meat, the protein, okay? So, if you're not really sure what's being served or if you know what's being served and it's going to be like uh it's a really high fat yummy rib night, you want to take two of those big greasy ribs, not a whole rack of them. You want to just have a tiny bite to enjoy those big greasy ribs, but then find your sources of protein in lower calorie salads that you take. Take the quinoa salad to the party. You can't go wrong with veggies and dip. So I've put lots of dip onto the Pinterest board. So feel free to go there. The carrot salad that I shared a few times on Foodie Friday is also an easy one to take. And you can make it ahead. It's actually better if you make ahead. Um, I put a meat one on there of the souvlaki, like a chicken souvlaki. You You can make it from... Scratch, homemade, like you can cut up chicken breasts, put them onto your own skewers and marinate them. That would be Corey's style because he 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 likes to do that kind of work. I'm too lazy for that, and I don't mind the Costco um, chicken souvlaki sticks, but it's I just put it on there so that you could remember that if you're, sometimes you're invited to those parties where it's, bring your own meat, and people are like, well, what are we going to take again, like hamburgers and hot dogs all the time? Take the Costco souvlaki. Those are much lower calorie, leaner meat to have when you're already going to be consuming some beverages and the the dips and all the rest of it. So instead of always taking hamburgers and hot dogs and smokies that you have to then also think about what you're going to do if you're not eating a bun, take the souvlaki from Costco. And I love how like you can cut off after it's frozen, you can cut off four souvlaki. If it's just you and your husband going, you don't want to unthaw the whole pack of 16, cut off four of them and take those to the party. So they're on my Pinterest board and I wanted to bring notice to them in case you'd never thought about taking that to the barbecue. But the souvlaki is a nice lean protein that you can take that is not just your traditional smoky. So I put that on the board as well. And then the last thing I wanna talk about is a little bit of the desserts. So the black bean brownies are a highlight and I like to show them off because when people um, eat black bean brownies and you get to tell them they're eating black bean brownies after they're enjoying them, I love the look on their face because if I told them ahead of time, they probably wouldn't be enjoying them. So black bean brownies are a nice dessert. If you wanna add the naughty icing, go ahead. Those are also on my Foodie Friday and on the Pinterest board. And then my favorite is the chocolate-flavored hummus dips. And I've put, I think, three of them in the Pinterest board. but And you just add them with the grapes or the watermelon, whatever fruit you want. But a chocolate dip is a perfect way to sort of end that meal and convince your head, I'm done. I don't need to eat anymore. The last three parties I've been to... I've walked into the party and guess what's at the potluck? Caitlin's kitchen. So, if you haven't bought any of Caitlin's dips before, her hummus dips, the chocolate dip, and you are hosting something or you're going somewhere and have to take something, now that's the easiest. The link to Caitlin's kitchen. Uh, order form is also at the bottom of this podcast. And if you don't want to figure out how to make that chocolate dip, but you want to serve it with some fruit at your party, or you want to take it with some fruit and be the highlight of the party, just click the link in the bottom of the podcast and order yourself a few chocolate dips. The hummus, the dill pickle hummus is my favorite. And that with any vegetable or any chip is awesome. And I've even put that hummus on, um, crackers with a little bit of turkey on them and made myself like like I don't know rice cake kind of crack uh sandwiches with the dill pickle hummus on there so if you I've put some hummus dips into the Pinterest board if you want to learn how to make them yourself and you have a good food processor that can do that for you but if you don't want to figure that out and you just want to buy some dip go to the bottom of the link and order Caitlin's Kitchen's dip and that will be the highlight of the party. I've been so impressed the last three things I've been to have had that as and talking it up everybody's enjoying the the dip thinking oh this chocolate dip is awesome and when they start hearing what's in it and that it's actually healthy and there's no sugar in any of these um yeah definitely sells itself. So I'm gonna leave you with that that's enough food talk I don't know if you're hungry yet or not but Check out the Pinterest board, get yourself some ideas and know that you are definitely in charge of what's going into your body at all times. You don't accidentally eat anything. Um, You get to make those decisions each and every day. So if you are heading out and feeling at all some anxiety about what's going to be served at the function, reduce that anxiety by being in control of what's going to be at the function and take something that you are going to comfortably and proudly enjoy because you know you are making some good choices eating well and eating to fuel yourself does not have to taste disgusting it doesn't have to be boring you can find lots of really good things to share with people at the party so thank you very much for hanging out with me on this monday matters i will check back in next week Thanks for listening to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Monday Matters, leave her a review, and share this episode on your social media. Should you have any questions about what you listen to or want more information, reach out and send her a message at K2 Thriving Motherhood on Instagram and Facebook. She loves hearing from her listeners in response to each one personally. See you next time!